Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mo Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. You know, this is our third recording and saying my name is getting mm-hmm. really weird because I feel like I don't say it right. Oh, I've already said on this podcast before, right. I, I feel like I don't say my name correctly because weird. everyone would always question me about it. And so now I say my name like a question and it really frustrates me. Oh. I'm working on it. I think mine's because of my Korean accent. Like I don't have one anymore, but growing up younger, I did mm-hmm. trying to learn English. And so trying to say my name, I still have a weird Korean inflection. I don't sure. know. Why. So it sounds really weird to me. Well, this is excellent. Both of us start the podcast with doubts about our <laughs> own name. About right. <laughs> Professionals, only the best here. <laughs> um, so today we have yet another kind of spooky Halloween episode 2019. Yeah. But, you know, you can listen to it whenever you want. And I'm excited for the topic that we're doing for this episode because we're talking about the Winchester Mystery House, the one who built it, and why. It kind of sounds like it's going to be a beginning of a Scooby-Doo episode. Oh. No? I wish. Oh. <laughs> I love Scooby-Doo. Don't we all? Uh, it's <laughs> It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I hope there's just not anything really problematic with it now. <laughs> but um, I did when I was a child. All right, but... Topic for a later day. Today, the Winchester Mystery House. Um, So this is modernly a tourist attraction located in San Jose, California. Since it opened to the public in 1923, over 12 million people have visited it. I have never been and desperately want to go. Oh, so badly. So we need to add this to our list. This is a way we can even out the okay. your stops with my stops. Then yes, 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 I think yes. We've pretty much equaled it out. If we're going I to don't. Montreal, that you're excited about that one too. Yes, I'll have to take a tally before okay. I okay. agree to or disagree with any of those. <laughs> um, so the Winchester Mystery House—they have a Halloween candlelight tour. So if any listeners have done that, please write in. Ooh. And a Friday the Thirteenth flashlight tour. Oh, that would be fun, right? It was also made into a movie starring Helen Mirren semi-recently, I believe in 2018. Mm -hmm. Time Magazine once labeled this house as one of the world's most haunted destinations. The U.S. Department of Commerce has given it the certified haunted label, which I'm not sure. I didn't know that was a label. I guess it makes sense with like the Amityville Horror House and the hotel levels, I guess. One of the... um, one of my friends was, she brought up the um, Bell Witch, how it's the for the only federal, federally recognized haunting in our history. Mm. So that I want to do another episode on okay. later. <laughs> all scary stuff all the time. No, I promise I won't. But anyway, this house is stunning. Until the 1906 earthquake, it was seven stories. Now it's four stories. The upper floors were deemed too dangerous to rebuild. At its peak, it had an estimated, and we'll get into why estimated, uh, 160 rooms, 10,000 panes of glass, and almost 50 fireplaces, 24,000 square feet. It's also known as one of the most haunted houses in the United States. It was commissioned by Sarah Winchester, who was able to afford building such a spectacle because she inherited the Winchester rifle fortune after her husband died. She received a stipend of $1,000 a day. Yeah. I need that. In 2019, that's equivalent to $26,000 a day. 
That's a lot. Can someone give me that? I We can work on that. Okay. We can work on that. Okay. So that's what it is modernly. But what about historically? How did we get <laughs> this spectacle of a supposedly haunted house? Well, we'll get into that after a quick break forward from our sponsor. We're back. Thank you, sponsor. And we're back with another disclaimer. What? As with our female serial killers episode, uh, there's a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of legend out there about this place. A lot of, um, I guess, exaggeration, embellishment of details throughout history of why it exists. And um, Sarah Winchester was a very private person, so there isn't too much that we have concrete evidence-wise when it comes to her and her motivations for building this house. Um, The official tour guides at the Winchester House are quick to point that out themselves. Um, So as such, yeah, we've filled in the blanks with our modern interpretation that essentially she was mentally ill and or a recluse. But according to the guides, this was probably not the case. Um... For instance, a lot of people like to point to the seance room. There's a room that uh, seems to have been used for seances. It might not have been, but that's what the historians seem to agree upon. But those were actually kind of common back then, seances. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she was being super weird, Mm -hmm. in quotes, that that was actually something people did. Um, There are two main narratives that she built the house to confuse ghosts. Or that she built it as a hobby and the house's uniqueness was a result of her changing her mind or simply mistakes or because she didn't have any design experience. There were no blueprints for this house. She was just like, hey, you know what? Never mind. Forget that hallway. Let's go over here. But okay, let's get into some of the history. Sarah Winchester was born as Sarah Lockwood Pardee and was born in New Haven, Connecticut in 1839. She grew up comfortably in a well-off family. She attended some of the best schools in the area and learned four different languages. In 1862, when she was 23, she married William Wirt Winchester. William and Sarah wed and started their life as a married couple in Connecticut. But then William got to work at, Wells, but the family business, the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. This company made the Winchester Repeating Rifle, essentially a single-barrel rifle capable of holding a couple of rounds, and this business made them rich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Four years into their marriage in 1866, Sarah gave birth to a daughter. They named her Annie. Tragically, the baby died only a few weeks later, stricken by marasmus. Perhaps, obviously, Mrs. Winchester was never the same. Meanwhile, the gun that won the West, a.k.a. Model 73, was released in 1873. In 1880, William's father and the owner of Winchester Repeating Arms died, leaving his company to his son. William himself died in 1881 from tuberculosis, leaving Sarah with half of the shares of the Winchester Company and also that $26,000 a day we mentioned earlier, and a lump sum of $20 million or $500 million in today's money. This was another blow to Sarah's psyche, her husband's death. Some believe to seek comfort from her grief, she sought out a medium. 
In the popular telling of the story, the medium did not provide comfort, but instead added to Sarah's turmoil, insinuating that vengeful spirits were targeting her. In particular, vengeful ghosts who had died at the wrong end of a Winchester rifle. They were behind the deaths of her husband and child, according to this medium and in this story, and if Sarah wasn't careful, she would be their next victim. Wow, can you imagine getting that advice from a medium? All right, thanks. I'm going to sleep well tonight. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The medium advised Sarah to go out west and build a house large enough for all the spirits haunting her. And again, this... Seeing a medium wasn't uncommon at the time. A lot of women lost their loved ones during the Civil War and were looking for ways to communicate with them. During this time, people were bombarded with advertisements for moving out west, and this is because California had only recently been incorporated into the U.S., and the government wanted folks to move out there. So maybe the medium was working for the government. Or maybe Sarah just saw an ad and acted upon it. You know, we do that all the time now. (laughs) Not that specifically, but... So, Sarah Winchester, she didn't need to be told twice, and she made her way out west to San Francisco, California, very quickly. Yes. (laughs) However, she found the weather there really messed with her arthritis, so she moved to San Jose. By 1884, she had purchased 40 acres of land, which grew into 160 acres, and began building on it. She would continue building on it until her death, Nearly 40 years later in 1922. At first, she contracted construction workers, perhaps numbering 13 at the time, to build an eight-room house. Over the years, the project ballooned, growing bigger and bigger. Her original intent was to build a house big enough for her sisters and herself. So no plans were drawn up, and she designed it somewhat haphazardly, or perhaps designed it... It's a strong word. Yeah. You know? She called it Yanata Villa. She paid her workers well and often purchased them homes to live in while they worked on her home. On top of the construction crew, she employed 18 servants and 18 gardeners. They split shifts so that they could work 24-7. Allegedly, they only stopped when Sarah died and left so abruptly that nails were left half-hammered. I find that hard to believe, but that is how the internet tells it in several places. It's a good story. It is a good story. She insisted that only red would be used even though she didn't like how it looked. So workers were instructed to cover it up with a stain and faux grain, which ended up being 20,000 gallons of paint. The house also featured some technological rarities of that time, like indoor plumbing, including indoor running hot water, forced air heating, and gas lighting operated by pushing a button. So, of course, it didn't take too long for rumors to start spreading about the house and its owners. Locals and workers on the project believed it to be haunted. All kinds of things, bells ringing by themselves, window opening, closing seemingly on their own. Some workers purportedly claimed every day she held seances to reach good spirits. Some believed her communications with these good spirits were the impetus behind her ever-shifting design ideas. Stories abound about Sarah, that she refused to be photographed, that she refused to grant Teddy Roosevelt's request for an audience with the Winchester widow. And we have to remember, too, at this time, any woman living by herself, owning her own property, was cause for gossip. Take that and multiply it by an enormous, eye-catching mansion, and stories were sure to be rife. Even these days, few things are scarier than a woman. (gasps) Living by herself? Dum, dum, dum. Agreed. (laughs) 
Well, all of this haunted stuff is fun, but historian Janin Bohim, um, apologies if I'm mispronouncing your name, argues that it was less a protection against angry ghosts and more of a hobby. A lot of these stories don't come from Winchester herself or any historical records, kind of like we said, but books written in the 1960s after the tourist attraction had been open for several decades. The house's quirks could have been a result of a changing mind and lack of design experience, as we said, and or could have been a way for Sarah to remind herself of the good time she had with her husband, William, building their house in New Haven. But let's talk about some of those quirks. Yes, let's go. So Winchester thought that the sounds of constant construction would cover up any supernatural sounds. That's smart to me. Mm -hmm. She sought to confuse ghosts with hidden passages, windows in the floors, upside-down pillars, ridiculously shallow cupboards, and dead-end stairwells. Not stairways to heaven. Different thing. Yeah, exactly. One door opens the door to nowhere, to a 12-foot drop about 3.7 meters. It's nicknamed the mother-in-law suite, which seems odd. (laughs) As she loved the stained glass windows, there are heavily featured throughout the house, and many of them designed by Tiffany & Company, which is damn. Again, she had a lot of money. Um, I like that. Let me go see those. Two are inscribed with quotes from Shakespeare, wide unclasped the tables of their thoughts, and these same thoughts people this little world. People have put a lot of thought to why she chose mm-hmm. those two quotes. I'm going to have to think on that for a while. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to you. <laughs> the house is also rife with iterations of the number 13. Like we said earlier, there are some stories that she hired construction workers in shifts of 13. Hard to say if that's actually true, but you can say that it's true in the house because there's evidence. Um, 13 coat hooks, 13 panels on the ceiling, 13 bathrooms, but only one functioned to prevent ghost from haunting it, particularly the spigot. The sp- what is it called? Spigots? The spigot, yeah. Um, decorative spiderweb patterns appear throughout the house as well, which at the time were believed to be good luck. One staircase near the carriage room has 44 steps and seven turns. The historian we mentioned earlier believes that this has more to do with Sarah's arthritis and less to do with bamboozling spirits. The room that is thought to have been a seance room has one entrance and three exits. One cabinet extends through 30 rooms. I have got to see this place, Samantha. Um, There's a section of the house referred to as the Hall of Fires due to the seven sources of heat feeding into it. Um, And that historian thinks, again, that this has to do with providing relief for Sarah's arthritis. And according to legend, each night she slept in a different bed and took secret passageways as not to be followed. Some theories suggest she believed that when construction on the house stopped, she would die. Other theories posit she thought the 1906 earthquake that took out three stories of the house was caused by spirits who realized her project was close to completion. And yet another theory puts forward that Sarah was actually a member of a mystic society or mystic societies and perhaps inspired by Francis Bacon, the English philosopher. In 1888, Sarah's niece, Marion Merriman, moved in to the house and remained there for 15 years. At the time of Sarah's death to heart failure in 1922, the house boasted a whopping 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, not all that can be walked through. And then, yes, the 160 rooms, which is actually an estimate, 47 stairways, 13 bathrooms, 6 kitchens, 3 elevators, and 2 basements. She had invested $5.5 million in the mansion, and in today's money, that would be about $7.7 million. 
and it's a beautiful piece of Queen Anne Revival architecture. While she left most of her belongings to relatives and nonprofits, there were 13 parts to her will, the will did not name anyone as the new owner of the house. She did leave a lot of the furniture to her niece, who auctioned off most of it. One story goes that it took six months to get all of the furniture out. Um, The house itself was auctioned off after appraisers declared its strange design rendered it worthless. Wow. So the house was leased by John and Maine Brown for $135,000, who originally planned to build one of America's first roller coasters on the space. But after the public expressed so much interest in the house itself, they shifted gears, opening up for tours, which is smart. The roller coaster was never built. They opened up Sarah's Gardens, calling them Winchester Park. And a few years later, the Browns purchased the house outright. On Halloween night in 1924, Harry Houdini, the magician, stopped by the mansion to get to the bottom of the house's paranormal reputation. Instead, he left feeling even more confused and dubbed it the mystery house. Within a decade, it was being marketed as such. So just to be clear, this is a year after it's opened for tours. Right. They've already got, like, a celebrity coming in. Of course. Um, In June 1945, John Brown dies. His wife and two daughters completely take over running tours until Mamie Brown died in 1951. In the 1960s, a road was renamed Winchester Boulevard, and the gardens were closed to make way for Century Theaters, and the Winchester Wax Museum opened, and the Winchester Mystery House was incorporated. The house was bestowed with state historic landmark status and added to the National Registry of Historic Places in 1974. Throughout the 80s and 90s, the property was updated and new tours added. In 1996, it was labeled as a San Jose landmark. The 2000s saw even more renovations, updates, and restorations. In 2016, a secret attic was discovered containing an organ, a dress form and sewing machine, a couch, and some paintings. Forty. Forty! New rooms were open to the public. And this is why, again, the, the room number is an estimate because they're not sure they found all the rooms in that dang house. You just want to go stay there for a month, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'd let me. But if anyone listening has any connections... I'll go with you for sure. All right, perfect. And then, yes, in 2018, the movie starring Helen Mirren called Winchester debuted. For 72 hours, the house was closed to tourists for a jam-packed filming schedule. Mirren said of Sarah Winchester, she went into mourning and stayed in mourning for the rest of her life. When you lose someone, the losses can be so unbearable, so difficult that the only way you can deal with your grief is by feeling that they are still with you in some way or another. And if you're interested, the costumes from the movie are on display at the site. They were Mm. donated to the site by the filmmakers. So clearly we have an interest with this mystery house, which is so fascinating because she was someone who it seemed shied away from attention, mm-hmm. wasn't into it. And now so many tourists have gone and tried to get to the bottom of her motivations. What was she really thinking? And we've made up all of these stories about so many legends. So many legends. Um, I want to see it so badly. I wonder how many uh, horror films have started with the furniture being sold and being cursed yeah. or something. I myself was in a horror movie where it started that way, and did it did it? not end well for me. No, <laughs> it didn't. Uh, what a fun death scene that was. Um, <laughs> yeah, the just the interest we have with, with these kinds of things. I mean, it's fascinating. It's, it's historical, one, yeah. as well as you never know the creativity 
and thought process is fantastic. And it, it is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, looking outside before you go in, if you know that it's a mystery house, you can see some signs that there's something kind of wonky going on in there. <laughs> but from the outside, it's just, it looks beautiful. And I can just like imagine her living there. Right. And if you've actually visited it, please send us pictures. We would love to see some yeah. pictures if you're able to get any. Um, so, now we're at the end. We're going to do our little shout-outs. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to shout-out to... Uh, we're going to shout out going the history route um, for some of our podcasts. So What's Her Name podcast with hosts Olivia and Katie talk about fascinating women you may not have heard of, like Mother Shipton, an infamous witch from England. Uh-huh. That was a fun one. And then yeah. Notorious Women podcast, which is a fun podcast with Lavetta and Miriam taking a comical look at women in history. And it's super fun if you get to go listen to those too. So shout out to you guys. Like yes. your podcast. Yes, um, and if you have any shout-outs that you want us to shout-out, please shout. send them. <laughs> let it all out. Send it our way. And for, for our listeners who are celebrating Halloween, please have a, a fun and safe Halloween. If you've got a feminist costume. Oh, oh we would love to see those. Oh, we would love it. Let's feature those. I was a panda. You were a panda. Unicorn you were very. Panda. You were increasingly grumpy, hot panda. So hot with a unicorn. Unicorn panda. Yeah, it was great. With my captain, where are you, Bucky? You're my I'm captain, Bucky. Now, <laughs> Captain Bucky. I was the Winter Soldier because it's my favorite costume. Yes, and you didn't get to see it at Dragon Con, so I, I had to show you. Had you had to. Mm-hmm. It was good too. Oh, thank you. That's all I live for. Um, You can send those costume pictures or your shout-outs or anything else to our email address, stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thank you, Andrew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'm Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.